Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Welcome back to At Your Service. Brad Young here with you this evening until 11 o'clock. And, uh, and listen, our, I've gotten so many text messages tonight. Can't even read them all. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I've been responding to many of them as you send them in. Keep those texts and calls coming, 314-436-7900. And as I mentioned before, that's what at your service literally and practically means. We're here at your service. Anything on your mind, let us know this evening as long as we're not in an interview. Speaking of interviews, at 930 this evening, you're going to want to stick around for this. Uh, last night was another explosive city or county council meeting in Clayton for St. Louis County Council. And uh, it was explosive because of a motion that was made by Councilman Tim Fitch. And this involves uh, Dr. Faisal Khan. He's the acting uh, acting St. Louis County health director. And as you probably recall, uh, back in July, he made some comments to the council, and then he claimed that he was uh, assaulted and spit upon. And then subsequently, video of the entire evening demonstrated that Nobody touched him. Nobody hit him. Nobody assaulted him. Nobody touched him. So uh, there was an investigation into that. He also made some comments about uh, one of the city council members. I think it was Rita Day's Heard. So uh, there was an investigation into that. And so Tim Fitch, Councilman Tim Fitch, filed a motion uh, to have access and to reveal the results of that investigation. So he's coming out at 930 to talk about exactly what happened, where do we go from here, and then I will share with you at 930 as I'm talking to uh, Councilman Fitch, I'll share with you the, the, the state version of the Freedom of Information Act request, which is in Missouri called a Sunshine Law request. I filed one of those today to get access to those records. And so we will break that down at 930. So you're going to want to stick around for that. I wanted to have Tim Fitch on earlier, but... He's a busy guy. So at 930 was the first time we could work him in this evening. And, you know, before the break, 
and we've had some great calls, and I I thoroughly enjoy callers who disagree with me. So if you if you hear me saying something and you say, you know what, that bald lawyer guy on the radio, he doesn't know what he's talking about, please give me a call because I love all calls, but especially when folks disagree with me. So listen, we've got a kill button here. So if you say something that uh, you're not supposed to say on the radio, you know, we're going to flush you. So don't worry about that. But we love to hear your feedback. One of the things I mentioned as we were talking in the last hour was about how capitalism has truly changed the world. It truly has. Because before capitalism, before democracies, we had despots running virtually every country in this on this planet. And those despots and so, literally what was at the time a version of socialism or communist countries, people were living in squalor, people were subjugated, and they were only freed by the power of capitalism and the power of democracy. And that force alone has made more difference to freedom and prosperity on this planet than any other force in history. It truly has. And that is an indisputable fact. And what's, and what's interesting is, is if you look around now, I mean, every day, if you look at any magazine, any list of, of news aggregator, you're going to see articles talking about how store shelves are empty how we've got high inflation, how even President Biden had to speak, I think it was uh, last week, about how, you know, you may not get your stuff that you want for Christmas this year. It just may not show up because of the supply chain issues. And as I was thinking about all this, you know, something occurred to me. It occurred to me that Bernie Sanders and the progressives on the left, they've succeeded in turning the United States into a socialist dreamland just like Venezuela. You know, down in Venezuela... The stores are empty. You can't get anything that you want. You've got runaway inflation. That's that's not all that different than what we have today in the United States because of the uh, of the Biden economic plan. So, uh, you know, keep up the great job there, Joe. You're turning <laughs> President Trump said make America great again. But apparently Joe Biden says make America Venezuela again. So that's uh, that's uh, that's going to be his campaign theme for 2024, Make America Venezuela. Well, <laughs> I don't think that is a winning argument if you're asking for re-election. And speaking of re-election and what the voters want, there was a poll that came out today uh, that 62% of registered voters blame Biden for inflation. 62%. That's a that's a high figure. You know, that's not even if you take all the Trump people out of it. You know, it just when I studied political science in college, that was my major undergrad major before I went to law school. The, the numbers and the statistics are just as true today as they were then. You've got about 20, 25 percent on the far right. You've got about 20 and 25 percent on the far left. Those are the fringe. Most folks are somewhere in the middle. And uh but if you've got 62% of Americans who are blaming Biden for inflation, that goes well beyond, far beyond the fringe. That goes far beyond people who identify as conservatives, far beyond people who identify as even Republicans. You've got a lot of independents, maybe even some liberals who are saying President Biden's policies are to blame for inflation. So when the bills at the grocery store are going up, and if you want to check out 
exactly how inflation impacts us, you don't have to look any further than when you're driving down the street and you see those big signs next to the gas stations with the price of gasoline going up. Because when gasoline goes up, it doesn't just affect you at the pump. It affects the truck drivers who are driving your goods and services. It affects uh, the people who, who get your products into the stores. And then they've got to raise their prices because of fuel costs and shipping costs and transportation costs. That's why if you go to a dollar store now where everything's a dollar, they're having to now price things over a dollar because of inflation. And that happens whenever you have these enormous government stimulus programs combined with overly generous unemployment benefits. You've got people who are, we've got 10 million open jobs in America today, more than all of the unemployed people put together could have a job, but we can't fill them. We can't fill those jobs. So, you know, if you want to keep, if you want to make America Venezuela again, keep pushing those progressive policies on America and eventually you'll succeed. Now, down in Venezuela, they were eating zebras out of the zoo. So I hope, I hope we don't have to resort to that. Hey, we're coming up on a break. When we come back, we'd like to hear from you. 314-436-7900 on the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. I don't know if you uh, remember this date in history or not, but on October the 20th, 1947, again, that was like 20 years before I was born. So don't ask me if I remember it because I don't. But um, but on October 20, 1947, the notorious Red Scare kicked into high gear in Washington, D.C. Now, if you remember what that was, is that was when communists were being investigated by members of Congress, and in particular Hollywood. And it was after World War II, and, and you know, at that time, historically, the, the Cold War was heating up between the U.S. and the Soviet Union, and conservative watchdogs in Washington were maybe overly concerned about communists infiltrating the United States government, infiltrating Hollywood, putting out propaganda, infiltrating every element of our society. And maybe they went a little too far. And they started investigating individuals who were associated with the Communist Party. And there's been lots of movies about this, lots of books. Uh, if you're interested in looking into this, there is a lot of information about that period of history because it wasn't a good time in this country. It was a time where people were being persecuted based upon their beliefs. And, you know, today we talk about the importance of racial diversity. And hear me on this. There is no question racial diversity is important. Racial diversity is necessary. Racial diversity is healthy for this country. But where are we when it comes to philosophical diversity? Where are we when it comes to intellectual diversity? Where are we when it comes to religious diversity? Those things, in my mind, are just as important as racial diversity. But if you look at this communist Red Scare in the late 40s and early 50s, that was an attempt to weed out people who had a differing philosophy, a different viewpoint, and a differing political opinion. And there were people in Hollywood that were resisting. There was what's called the Hollywood Ten who resisted, and they were prosecuted. They were called in front of Congress, and if they didn't 
comply. They were subpoenaed and investigated. They were blacklisted in Hollywood. There were, oh my goodness, uh, composer Aaron Copeland uh, was blacklisted. Dashiell Hammett, who wrote, I think he wrote the Maltese Falcon, he was blacklisted. Uh, so many, playwright Arthur Miller and even Orson Welles were all blacklisted and they couldn't work in Hollywood because they had beliefs that were tied to the Communist Party. And is and that is wrong and it is unfortunate. But think about how that famous phrase is applicable today. Those who don't know history are doomed to repeat it. Because think about all the things that I just said about the Red Scare in the 40s and the 50s. People couldn't get jobs in Hollywood because of their political beliefs. Try being a conservative in Hollywood today. Where is that going to get you? James Woods has said that he had to stop in Hollywood. He couldn't get work because he was a conservative. Chris Pratt is constantly, constantly uh, hounded and criticized because he goes to church. And he's got that superstar status that transcends that transcends uh, being able to get kicked off of a project because, you know, he's in a Marvel. He's, he's the Guardians of the Galaxy. So uh, he transcends that. But yet, if it wasn't his status, he would be drummed out of Hollywood because of his political, philosophical, and religious beliefs. And if that was wrong in the 1940s and 1950s, if that Red Scare was as wrong and reprehensible as history tells us that it is, why isn't it equally wrong today? I mean, think about this. Whenever Ann Coulter or Ben Shapiro go and speak on college campuses— People are rioting in the streets because their ears can't be forced to hear or even be in the presence of conservative thought. So Ann Coulter has talked publicly, as has Ben Shapiro, that they get canceled all the time from concerts, from speaking engagements, from conferences on college campuses because the college can't even can't even entertain the idea or the thought of a conservative speaking on campus. How is that any different? You want to talk about being prosecuted. There were people during the January 6th riot who broke the law. No question about it. No question. But to label it as an insurrection, an insurrection is an attempt to overthrow the country. Generally, you need to have guns to do that. <laughs> You're not going to overthrow the country with a dude uh, wearing a shaman outfit and Viking helmet. You know, that's not going to overthrow the United States government when you've got a guy who's painted up and he's screaming because he's wearing a Viking helmet. That's not enough to overthrow the government of the United States. And so that's why I just laugh when I see the January 6th riot labeled as an insurrection because it's not. And yet you've got. Uh, you've got a congressional committee now comprised of Democrats and Liz Cheney who are attempting to prosecute individuals for challenging the outcome of the election. Now, let me tell you where I stand on that. That election, uh, there was no more fraud in the 2020 election than there is in any other election. So it was the election. Was there fraud in an election? There's fraud in every election. Was the outcome legitimate? It was as legitimate as possible. And yet, and yet, if you participated in the so-called insurrection, I think it was more of a riot, 
if you participated in that, you're being investigated today by the United States Congress. Because of your beliefs, because of your support for President Trump, because of your belief that perhaps the election was fraudulent, which I don't believe that it was any more than any other election. But you're entitled to that opinion. And yet you're being investigated here today. We've got the Attorney General of the United States, Merrick Garland, as we just talked about last hour, who's investigating parents for wanting to be involved in the education choices of their schools. You've got the Attorney General, the Department of Justice, is investigating parents. How is that any different than the Red Scare? And now we've got Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats who are proposing to snoop on your bank account Apparently they forgot about the Fourth Amendment and they want to snoop on your bank account just because you've made cash transactions cumulatively in a year amounting to $10,000. Not even cash, any financial transaction. So if you pay your mortgage and your mortgage is $1,000 a month, by November you're being reported to the United States government just based upon your mortgage payment. That's outrageous. But you're being investigated by the government. How is that any different than the Red Scare of the 1950s. Hey, coming up after this break, we're going to talk to County Councilman Tim Fitch about what happened last night at the County Council meeting and where do we go from here. Brad Young, at your service, you're going to want to stick around, so don't go away. St. Louis County government oftentimes has more drama than any episode of keeping up with the Kardashians. And uh, <laughs> and all you got to do is to read what happens at these county council meetings. And it's some of it's crazy, but you know what? It points out the divisiveness and how uh, uh, so often we can't get along because we don't understand the issues. So to help us understand the issues, uh, joining us this evening is County Councilman Tim Fitch. Chief Fitz, hey, it's great to talk to you again here on Camo X. Well, thank you, Brad, for the invitation. Hey, before we get into the details of last night's county council meeting, you know, remind us, just so everyone's on the same page, no, no pun intended, uh, of, of what acting county health director uh, Dr. Faisal Khan did at your meeting back in July. He came in and gave a report as to why he issued a, as it turns out, an illegal health mandate, a masking mandate for St. Louis County. And the crowd was pretty rough on him, I'll admit they were, and then... Um, he left. He was very angry and very upset because uh, the people got to him. And as he was leaving, he gave the middle finger to the crowd. And the next day, he wrote a letter, a quite lengthy letter that had a lot of just flat-out lies in him. He mm-hmm. said he was assaulted. He was shouldered. He was he was pushed. Uh, he was called racial names. Um, all types of allegations in there, and every one of them, except for the fact he gave the middle finger, was absolutely disproven. So the county executive assured the public he was going to have his staff doing an investigation uh, on Mr. Khan, and uh, we found out shortly thereafter, a few two months later, that the investigation was complete. The council asked to be briefed on what the investigation revealed, and Sam Page said, all I'm going to tell you is that I gave him a verbal reprimand for giving the crowd the middle finger, uh, but I'm not telling you anything else. That's hmm. kind of where it sat. And, and, and I, I want to back up just a little bit more back to July 27 again, because after Dr. Khan uh, made those statements about people shouldering him or assaulting him or, or, or basically calling him racial names or any of those things, we actually had video that specifically contradicted most, if not all, of those allegations, don't we? 
Absolutely. And it, every media outlet in St. Louis was there videoing this, this meeting anyway. There were at least 40 video phone uh, recordings that the council received. Um, not one of them had any racial comments on there. Not one of them showed anybody touched him. And we had video, county government video, all the way to his vehicle where everything he said happened just didn't happen except for he did admit to giving the crowd the yep. middle finger. And he was on every major national news story telling this tale uh, until he realized, oh, this was all on video, and we didn't look at the video before we made the allegations. Uh, it was a terrible strategic move on Sam Page's part, and Sam Page basically sanctioned it. Yeah, brings that he approved the letter before it went mm-hmm. out. And, uh, and and my favorite part of the video is not only does it not show that he was assaulted in any way, but the video from the county government shows that he was being escorted by a county police officer. Right. Uh, he was escorted by a Clayton police captain inside the chambers, then outside by a county police security officer. Um, and they both testified at our council meeting and said he was never touched. And they did not hear any kind of racial comments um, uh, put his way at all. There were none made. So he was completely debunked. It was a complete lie. I think everybody that was there and everybody that saw the uh, testimony of the officers and saw the video understood that he lied. And Sam Page is just going to let him skate because he has to let him skate. And the reason he has to let him skate is because if he fired him, what do you think the first thing Faisal Khan's going to say? Oh, really? You want to know how this letter was written and who had <laughs> their hand in it and told me to do it? So he, he didn't think this all the way through because he's only safe. Faisal Khan's only safe in that job as long as Sam Page is the county executive. So he didn't think that went all the way through. This is going to follow him. These lies will follow him through the rest of his professional career. Yes, they will. And we're talking to County Councilman Tim Fitch. And you mentioned you gave a very good summary of, of what's transpired since July. And you also mentioned that that uh, supposedly Sam Page has said that that uh, Dr. Khan received a verbal reprimand. Now, you presented a motion at the county council meeting last night related to this investigation. Uh, what was the motion and what was its purpose? So the motion was to formally say this is an open record. The Sam Page has claimed all along that, no, it's a closed personnel matter. And I felt all along that it's not a closed record because misconduct is alleged and admitted. The reason you close personnel matters when it comes to discipline is because, believe it or not, public employees are sometimes subject to false claims. So those employees deserve to be protected. But once you discipline a public employee and say they committed misconduct, it becomes a public record. So for Sam Page to say it's a closed record, he's just wrong about that. So I asked for a vote last night to formally open the record that Sam Page claims is closed, and it failed by one vote. But it doesn't mean anything. It's still an open record. Mm -hmm. But all that means now is the public, law firms such as yourself, um, and uh, media outlets, uh, they need to sue the uh, administration, the county government administration, and force and the court forced them to open that record. Yeah, and, and I'm going to get into that in, in just a minute, Chief Fitz, but but I want to focus on this issue because uh, one part of what Sam Page says is correct. You've already explained it to some degree, that when something involves a personnel matter, it is beyond the scope of a Sunshine Law request if it's a personnel matter related to government employees. But in this instance... And I'm sure that that's the reason why at least one, if not more, of the county council members who voted last night against you took that position. But, see, I see it as being completely different because, as we've already talked about, this is something that 
Uh, Dr. Khan said publicly he made comments at a county council meeting. This was within the scope and course of his employment. He then went on media and television networks the following day to talk about the events that transpired. Uh, And so, at least from my perspective, if there was any privacy rights here, he has, he being Dr. Khan, has waived those privacy expectations by the fact that he himself has been describing publicly what he says happened and what the evidence now shows was false. Yeah, the only thing you didn't mention is he wrote these allegations on county letterhead. Um, So he used official county letterhead to make these allegations. This makes it all extremely public and in the public interest. And I think all it has to do is make it into court. And a judge is going to easily rule and tell Sam Page to open the record. By the way, I wouldn't be surprised if he tells Sam Page to open the record and he says there isn't one. (laughs) We, We really doubt whether or not there was ever an investigation done because... I was named in the letter that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So, so were other members that were in the crowd that night. And not one of us were contacted by whoever did this investigation from Sam Page's staff and asked our side of the issue. We were, isn't it part of any investigation to ask everybody, that's, especially when you're named in the letter, uh, what's your side of this? No, none of us were, have been contacted. None. Yeah, my, my, law firm, uh, my law firm, Chief Fitz, has done many investigations for clients looking into allegations of of uh, racial impropriety, sexual impropriety, discrimination, what have you. And you always interview everyone who's involved with the situation in order to compile a list of the evidence before you reach any conclusions. And so you're saying here tonight that no one from county government, from Sam Page's office, talked to you personally about these allegations during the course of this investigation, even though you were listed in the letter written by Dr. Kahn. That's absolutely correct. I have not heard from anyone about this. Unbelievable. We're, we're talking to County Councilman Tim Fitch, and I, I sent you today a copy of what I have filed with St. Louis County as being a sunshine request. And I'm, I'm asking for all documents related to Dr. Khan's statements at the county council meeting, uh, his statements made uh, to the members of the county council because he had some interaction with one of your members the following days after that July 27 meeting and the results of the investigation. Do you think, uh, Chief Fitz, do you think there's any way that Sam Page's office is going to comply with my request? I think they're going to tell you to pound salt. You're going to have to sue them. Well, thankfully, I, I've already I've already reached out to a couple of other friends of mine in the legal community, and all of them said, Brad, I will help you for free, but thankfully, if you sue under the Sunshine Law request, you do get to collect attorney's fees. So this, is, go. this isn't going anywhere other than to court if if the St. Louis County government refuses my request. Uh, my right. question, and, and, go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, I was going to say, and you're, the media have also asked today for that report again, um, and, and I assume they'll be denied as well. We've already seen the statement from the Missouri Press Association that said this is absolutely an open record. They can't deny uh, us access to it. So I think I think they're going to come. They're going to go after county government, and Sam Page's administration from all different angles. Wow, uh, th- th- it's unbelievable because to me, this is the poster child for attempts to to uh, hide the transparency and the accountability that we all want in our government. This is an attempt to to go in the opposite direction. Do you agree? Absolutely. And one of the things Sam Page said, if you go listen to his statement the day he became the county executive of how the days of hiding behind uh, sunshine laws and closed records are over, he's going to be transparent. (laughs) And he's worse than Steve Stanger. Oh, my goodness. 
Uh, that You know, that's outrageous because those were the promises that he made when he became the county executive, and he's done the exact opposite. Correct. Unbelievable. Well, where do we go from here from your perspective with regard to your motion? Is this something that you're going to bring up again if you've got the votes to pass this? I don't think there's a need to bring it up again. I think it's been asked and answered from the council's perspective. It was a four to three vote, even though one member originally voted in favor of opening the record and then changed her vote when a voice vote was called. So I, I don't think there's a reason for us to bring it up again, because I, as I said all along, I believe this is an open record. You can't, like Sam Page said, oh, yeah, I discipline him for giving the finger. You can't decide, okay, I'm going to open up part of the record, and then the rest I'm going to close because I decided I'm going to close it. But that's how Sam Page does business. It's his way or no way. And the only way that you can get to Sam Page is through a court to force him to do it. Yeah, and that's the other thing that occurred to me, Chief Fitz, was that once Sam Page publicly acknowledged that he gave a verbal reprimand, at that point any claim of privilege was waived on his point, on his part, when he publicly announced the results of his investigation. Right. And that just goes to show you the kind of legal advice he's getting from the county legal team, who all work for and report. The head of the, uh, Beth Orrick works for and reports directly to him, and he could fire her tomorrow if he wants to. So he just tells her, here's what I want. Write me an opinion that's, that lets me do what I want. And if somebody doesn't like it, let them sue us because my attorneys are free. And if I get awarded, uh, if somebody gets awarded attorney fees, I'm not paying it. The taxpayers are paying it. That's how he sees the world. That's outrageous. Hey, last question. If through these Sunshine Law requests, whether it's mine or the or the uh, Missouri uh, Association, uh, whether it's their request or my request, Chief Fitz, at some point, if information is divulged, is that something that the county council could act upon if that information subsequently becomes public? Yes, absolutely. Uh, we are still holding the confirmation uh, for Faisal Khan to be the permanent health director. I think all of that comes into play and should. And the other thing that I, I thought of as this process was unfolding was that isn't this the same tactics that Sam Page is, is currently using with regard to him hiding records related to uh, his anesthesia business, his, his personal That's exactly business? right. Isn't this the yep, same he, modus operandi? Absolutely. Uh, you know, basically what he said is I'm not giving up these records. The public has no right to know if I'm violating the charter. Uh, and if they don't like it, they need to sue us. So guess what we did? We issued subpoenas to Western anesthesiologists and to Mercy Hospitals demanding that they turn over this information to us because we have a legislative purpose that allows us to look into these this issue because he's violating the charter. And uh, we're awaiting a court decision on that. Boy, we're, I'm seeing a pattern of conduct here with regard to how Sam Page is running county government. Yeah, it's it's worth. I've worked under six and with six county executives in my 35-year county career and history, and this has got to be one of the worst. It is the worst I've ever seen. Um, not that Stanger wasn't bad. I mean, he committed crimes and went to jail for it. But I mean, with the things that we're seeing with Sam Page are things I've never even seen with Stanger. That is quite an indictment. County Councilman mm -hmm. Tim Fitch, hey, thanks so much for making time. I know you were very busy tonight, and you made time for us here on Camo X. I greatly appreciate it. It's all good. It. We, had a, we had a great turnout over people at a town hall in Fenton tonight. Just came from that. It was a wonderful turnout. And what's interesting is over half the people there raised their hands and said they've never been involved in a meeting like that before, but now they're interested. Wow. Getting people involved in democracy, that's a great thing.
Well, I think we lost him. Hey, Chief Fitz, thanks so much for joining us this evening. Looking forward to talking to you soon, if we can. I think we lost the cell signal there. but uh, I, I, I appreciate it. I'm back. That's so right. I appreciate the invitation, Brad. Great to talk right. to you. Talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Um, bye. What do you think about it? We heard some explosive news this evening here from, from County Councilman Tim Fitch, Chief Fitz. Uh, what do you think about that? Is, is our county government being run in a way that is running in the opposite direction of transparency and accountability. Is that what we're seeing from the Sam Page administration? Would love to hear your thoughts on this. Call or text 314-436-7900 at your service. We'll be right back. I got a question for you this evening, and I really want you to think about it, because here's the question that I would like for you to ponder. Are conservatives happier than liberals? And, and the, reason, the reason why I ask that question is because uh, there, there's actually a couple of research papers that came out just last week that both address this issue. And, and, and I, I bring this up as I'm reading this. I get a text that pops up that says Sam Page should get at least four Pinocchios. And I think that that's, that's pretty funny. Or Pinocchio's meaning he's he's lying. So uh, again, that's that's a funny line. But are conservatives happier than liberals? And I, I'm not asking that question to necessarily make a point. I'm asking it to make us think about how seriously we sometimes take the topics of the day. Now I argue cases all day long. I'm in court. I'm doing stuff on Zoom. I'm doing mediations. I try cases. And generally speaking, I I have kind of a lighthearted view of things, even when I'm arguing motions in court. And I'll I'll give you a quick example. I had a case, this was years ago, and I was representing a company here in St. Louis. I can't mention its name, uh, but, uh, uh, but they were not giving up the records that they had been subpoenaed. And I knew they had the records, uh, but they just... No one was taking the time to find the records. So I get noticed up in court on a motion to compel and forcing me to disclose these documents. So I go to court and the plaintiff's attorney was pounding his fist on the table, stating that it's a conspiracy. My client, the corporation, was conspiring against this injured person, conspiring about, uh, you know, not producing these records. They were conspiring to defraud this person, and they were conspiring to ruin this person's life. And this attorney was pounding his fist on the table. And so in response, the judge says to me, uh, Counselor, how do you respond to these allegations? And I, I just thought for a moment, I'm thinking, what can I say? You know, if I, if I, I can't admit it, even though the company's not producing the records in a timely fashion. So I just said, uh, judge, not only is everything that the plaintiff's attorney said correct, not only is what they said correct, but my client is also conspiring to hide evidence of an alien crash landing at Area 51 in 1947. And at that point, the judge was taking a drink of coffee, and I am not kidding, literally spit up 
the coffee while I was talking. And I said, oh, and the conspiracy goes a lot further than that. In fact, Your Honor, my client is is conspiring to hide carburetors that would allow cars to get 200 miles to the gallon, but they're in they're working in cahoots with the oil companies to suppress this technology so we'll all have to burn more fossil fuels. And, and at that point, the other attorney said, you're not, Brad, you're not giving this the proper consideration. And my response was, well, I'm giving it all the consideration that it's worth. And the judge said, okay, guys, calm down. Uh, plaintiff's attorney, I am not going to grant your motion. Brad, uh, if your client doesn't produce these records in the next 60 days, then we're going to revisit this issue. And lo and behold, my client found the records in 59 days. So uh, but my point is I made a joke out of it. All right, because I've got a lighthearted view. But who is happier, conservatives or liberals? And now this is just anecdotal evidence from me. But here are two different research papers. One came out of the of New York University, not exactly a hotbed of conservatism there. And the other comes out of the University of Florida. And they both reached the same conclusion. One paper was written or was entitled, Why Are Conservatives Happier Than Liberals? The other paper written by people completely different and unconnected, is entitled, Conservatives Are Happier Than Liberals, But Why? And so as I looked in, into this, there's a lot of psychological gobbledygook that I'm not going to dive into. But here's just the gist of these two studies. I took some highlights of these two studies because I thought it was interesting. It was a topic that I've never thought about before in terms of whether our political philosophies can make us happier or less happy. And the research from these two papers concluded that conservatives scored higher on this happiness scale because of traditionally these, these views are traditionally associated with positive adjustment and mental health. For example, personal agency or meaning personal responsibility. Conservatives are more focused on personal responsibility, whereas liberals are more focused on government responsibility. Uh, conservatives have a positive outlook. And also, and I think this is perhaps the greatest determiner of this, is that if you look at all the studies, conservatives have a far higher uh, degree of religious faith than do liberals. Every study confirms that, that when you look at, at how many people on, on studies that suggest and ask do you believe in God? Do you attend church? Do you consider yourself a Christian, a Jew, a Muslim, or a person of another faith? Across the board, every study for the past 20 years has shown that conservatives have a far higher degree of religious affiliation than do liberals. And if you ask someone if they are an atheist or an agnostic, again, every study across the board shows that liberals have a higher percentage of individuals who identify as atheist or agnostic. And I think that view in of itself, I mean, these other things are, are interesting and, and possibly somewhat determinative, but that view in of itself can result in a higher happiness scale for conservatives compared to liberal, liberals. The other thing that these two studies compared and found was that conservatives are more satisfied with their lives and uh, and the decline, in fact, one of the studies showed the decline in happiness for liberals was a direct result of secular attitudes and a reduced level of religiosity. So, and also the less likelihood of being married and the lessened belief 
and personal responsibility. So there you have it. If you want to talk about the evidence, if you want to follow the science, that's what my my liberal uh, friends tell me, follow the science till I point out the science doesn't support their opinion. If you want to follow the science, the science says conservatives are happier. So <laughs> I don't know, do you agree or disagree? Let me know what you think. 314-436-7900. Call or text. I got a couple of texts here this evening on that very point. I'll get to those in a moment here. Brad Young at your service on X. We'll be back right after the break. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 